and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Steamers Podcast. I'm coming at you with another solo cast today. Season one, episode thirty-nine. I probably fucked it up in the last one. I think I called thirty-eight, episode thirty-nine during the whole podcast. So in my bad. Take a lap. Honestly, it's just been a kind of a down down weekend. You know. First off, gonna just do this now. Rest in peace, Juice World. That was like the saddest news waking up today and seeing. I've I mean I've been listening to Juice World for like a year and just music was so influential. To like it was just that good. Like yeah, I didn't have like like, don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't listen to X that much. Or, like, Nipsey. But, like... Even though I've only known him for, like, a year. It's still, like, I've listened to songs so much. And, like, I haven't had that type of, like, damn, like, he died. Since, like... I don't even know. I think the last one was, like, Chester Bennington. And I was just, like, that was sad. Like, I remember that I was at work that day. And I just, I hated everything. But I don't... I, it sucks, man. All these good artists, like, it sucks. So that was that was just not, like, what I needed to do to start today. Ugh. All right, moving on. I, I just had to, I had to say the RIP real quick. But to make matters worse, it, it didn't help getting Benny Snelled in the playoffs with the, with the side of Sony Michelle. I had uh, most of my playoff teams that I have are basically had the first round buy, but I had one where didn't have a first round buy, had to go up against probably the highest scoring team, and chance to win, still have a chance, gonna be a sweat, pits dripping, but Benny Snell and Sony Michelle have twenty, what is this, twenty two touches for fifty yards against two of the worst run defenses. I mean, come on. They combined for like three points. If they have like a, like they had like 15 total between the two of them, I'm, I'm likely winning this matchup. Barring like a Wentz like four touchdown game tomorrow night or tonight. But, I mean, Benny Snelled. I should have saw this coming. When it, like if you got to think about this shit when you're like drafting, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna take this player round two, and then all of a sudden you get the fit week 14. You're in the fantasy playoffs. James Conner's out, so who am I firing up? Benny Goddamn Snell. And what does he do? He takes a shit against Arizona. I mean, I knew he was gonna get like, I I I was telling. Like my what I thought was he was gonna have like 15 touches in this game, and he got 16, which is like if you get 16 against Arizona, you likely like I expect you to have like five to five to ten points. You might get a touchdown. Like Gurley almost had like a 30 yard touchdown against him. He got called back. Like running backs have been going off. They didn't even give up the tight end touchdown. Like that's what that's the type of game it was. So that was just and then you think about like Pittsburgh's run game and their offensive line. Like you would think that they are. They're going to, you know, be able to run the ball good. Well, whatever. 
fucking grammar. But, like I said, it was just... I, I got Benny Snelled. And Sonyed. Wish I got Samsung. Or some shit. I mean, it's just, it's just a bad Sunday. It's what it was. I do want to address the primetime game we had at 430 before I get into anything else. The Chiefs at the Patriots. Chiefs winning this game, but I think the storyline is the Patriots got robbed. I mean, they got absolutely robbed in this game. I mean, you got the Nikhil Harry fake step out of bounds. They call that. Basically wipe away a touchdown. That's four points. You got the Kelsey fumble where Gilmore picks it up. First of all, they ruled him down. Then Gilmore picked up the ball. He would have ran it. He at least would have got into the red zone. Like, I think it, uh, anyone, like, and he might even scored. It probably would have scored. And then you get the, the PI call with Dorsett. I mean, you didn't, like, there's just three plays in that game that were just defining moments. Like, it just sticks out way too much. And it, and it goes back to the Warren, the Warren Sapp thing, or who, I don't even, I think it was Warren Sapp, but whoever said it, someone said it. I, I'm, I blank it, I'm pretty sure it was Warren Sapp. But there's calls in every game. They choose when to make them. That way, that time it did not go the Patriots' way. And it, I think it was just blatant. Like, way too obvious. I and I don't know how you you miss on that many calls. And, like, there isn't that option to just review. But, I mean, it, it goes every way. Like, every team faces it. But still, that game meant a lot. Like, that was almost a playoff. That was playoff atmosphere. So, I mean, it's just... It's the NRL, National Refs League. It's what it is. Sick of sick of all the dumb shit coming down to penalties. I hate it. Alright, I'll come back to some more football. I still have to do the ca- the recap, the catch out blackout, but I want to talk about the Sixers real quick because I mean, oh uh, okay. So they went undefeated this weekend. Alright. They whooped the Cavaliers. I mean, I mean, not only not only did we whoop the Cavaliers, Allah Abdel Nabi even whipped the Cavaliers by basically just barring up Kevin Porter. I mean, that went viral real fast. When and when Allah Abdel Nabi's giving you shit, you got you got issues. Like, yeah, that's you gotta take a step back, turn around and say, What what are we doing here? Shout out Allah. Stand his ground. But really, I mean, so Ben Simmons has probably his arguably best overall game ever. And he's always killed the Cavaliers. I mean, you remember that game where he had the, the back and forth game with LeBron where he had like 27. He got the game against Cavaliers, he gets 34, hits a three. When he plays with that aggression, that's that's what we need. But now I I I'm like there's not much to take away from that Cavaliers game because like anything you say we we won by 45, or whatever we won by too much. But this game against the Raptors, I mean this is where all right this is the the game after, and Bede scored zero against them in Toronto. We were for most of this game 
first off, Matisse Seibel had his best game in a Philly uniform. Proved the 3 and D role player role. Played it as good as anyone in that game, especially as a rookie. But we gotta address this whole scheme at the end of the game. Because it, it, it exposed us. It, they, Toronto has exposed us as a weakness. And Bede has been exposed with a weakness. And it's not getting enough attention. First off, Embiid is a non-factor against Toronto right now. An absolute non-factor. And he's been a non-factor in the last like four minutes of games. He's actually been w- worse for us on the court. I don't know what what is like if he I think he's thinking about it too much. I think he's trying to do too much. He goes and tries to get a foul and he turns the ball over. He's turned the ball over way too much right now. We still haven't adopted from the double team. I mean, there were some times in this game where he kicked it one they he kicked it out and they swung it and they, this is where Matisse Seibel had his best game because he was open because they were trying to double in the post. But now we get to this late game scenario where all right, and Bead's not doing shit. Then you have this whole thing where you won't let Simmons shoot free throws because you're scared, but we'll just take the turnover instead because that's that's how desperate we are. We don't want Simmons to shoot a free throw, but we'll rather turn the ball over. I mean, they were up double digits. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like looking away, like, all right, this game's over, this game's over, and all of a sudden they just keep getting closer and closer. And it's literally just because Brett Brown's whole master scheme to break a basically it's like a 3-2 press, mainly the two guys are playing a cover, and then it's like it's more like a 2-1-2. Two, two. But basically they force the guy to inbound it, and the first thing they teach you in basketball is where you position on the court, you don't position yourself in a corner, or you, when you bring it across half court, you don't stop right there because you can get trapped. Where did we inbound the, the ball to? Where did we inbound, oh my God, inbound the ball to? Like like six straight possessions too. Literally the front corner, you inbound it to your non-point guard, which is the dumbest thing you can do because his first instinct is every time he's going to catch the ball and try to get it to the point guard who's inbounding the pass. So they double teamed it. He didn't take a dribble. He didn't make a move. And he's in the corner so he can't really go anywhere. And all they do is they, they quick double team, basically force you to make a long pass. The guy... The guy playing in the back of like the two-three press, he comes up, he doubles with him with Siakam. They were both there was Pal and Siakam are trapping in the corner, trying to force him to throw it across with the guy on him. And they got they forced like six turnovers. Then you have Tobias Harris trying to bring the ball up. Where the hell Tra- was Trey Burke out this game? Like, what the hell? Neto Neto's like, I don't even want the ball. Ben Simmons just says, I'm gonna inbound it. And Bede turns the ball over on our actual offensive possession, so he's out of the game. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to inbound it to Al Horford or Tobias and just say, you guys have to dribble through a, a press? It's backwards. It was the dumbest thing ever, and I don't understand why they kept doing it. Your first instinct, first off, it should have, like, I'm fine, because what they'll do is instead of, they know Simmons will break it if he gets a full steam. So... They weren't letting him inbound it and try to get the ball back. Basically, they let him inbound it. They just trapped. and The guy tried to shadow more towards Simmons wherever he went. 
But the thing is, you have to, to aim out it to the middle and then quickly outlet to the wing, and hopefully he gets it down the court. They were inbounding to the corner, which doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why they did it so many possessions in a row. But again, it's like, this is where Brett Brown didn't adapt to anything during that game. I think he's starting to realize what he has to do against the double team in the post. You saw where we're kicking to the outside, we're making an extra pass, now people are getting open, we're not turning over as much there. But all of our turnovers started coming over, bringing the ball up. So now, what we're going to have to do is if we play Toronto in a series, we're going to have to say, all right, last four minutes of the game, no lead is safe because they're going to press us and we don't know how to break it. And it, it might take Brett Brown a year to figure that out. It's really not rocket science. You should be able to break a press. But then again, it's coaching. I don't understand why we don't have another guard who can grab the ball and go, or you can't set up one play to get it to the middle and then you quick outlet to the corner. You have to send someone deep that way that the, the players have to play back. But I don't get it. Our two stars basically are proving liabilities in the last four minutes of games. And here, here we are. The only positive thing right now that I can say about the Sixers regarding their winning, obviously there's a lot you can say. There's like good development. People are shooting well. Defense is playing good. But when it comes to, especially when we go on these road games, I'm worried about that when people see us that they should force us to bring the ball up. Like that, I think that's what they're going to learn. It's like they could probably play this a lot more than what we, like they didn't even foul us that much. It was just forcing turnovers. You can probably do that all game if you have if you have players that are ready to run. It's going to neutralize the two big man factor. But like I said, the one positive thing I want to get to is that our home record's undefeated, which means in a playoff scenario, you got to think to yourself. Now we're not we're not Golden State, but when Golden State was at their peak, their home record was why it was like. It was very hard to win in Oracle Arena. We have this mentality that's very hard to win in Wells Fargo. I'm okay that you win. If you win every game at home, all you have to do is win one on the road. And if we're like a 500 team right now on the road, but at, at that point, if you're doing that, you should win series. But the late game annex has got to change. Brett Brown needs to have something drawn up against the press. Something. Not inbound to the corner. To two people that won't dribble the ball. You need to have Trey Burke ready. Because he's someone that can dribble the ball. And he can hit free throws. And I don't think that will be a liability. You got it. You have to plan for that. If I, I swear if I watch a, game, a series against Toronto or Boston. And they do that. Because Boston's a smaller team. But they run with guards. There's going to be problems. Wow, man. Sixers, they'll, they'll do it to you, man. They'll, they'll just do it. Work the steam up a little bit. All I, all I want is from this, this NBA season is that I want the Tyler Hero Rookie of the Year. That's all I want. And I get the payout. Baby. All right. I didn't want to bring this up. I don't think... 
anyone has any hope. I mean, we have hope of making the playoffs, but you got we got to talk about it. I mean, I I think we haven't really discussed the fact that the NFC East is just horrible. Absolutely, like no one deserves like this is where basically owners of like other divisions that are like competitive. They're like they're just saying like why can't we be in the NFC East? Like why can't we have that playoff spot when we're gonna have like eight wins? Like the NFC South or uh, North with the Packers, Vikings, and the the Bears. They're all saying that basically they all deserve to be in because the Bears are Bears are playing well right now. Packers, I mean, they're what ten and three. And then you got the Vikings, who are also like those are three teams that are probably are deserving to be in the playoffs, but are probably only going to get two of them. And then you're going to look at the, the NFC East and say, "God, we deserve to be there over these two." So first off, the Cowboys losing to the Bears was probably the best thing ever, because not only did they show that they were looking fine with running the ball with Zeke, like the, the they were running the ball fine with Zeke. Then you show the Dak Prescott factor. If he basically had a terrible game, he played so bad up until like five minutes left in the fourth where he finally threw a touchdown and then his stats looked like he had a decent game. He played so bad that entire game. And the Cowboys were turmoil. They're yelling at each other. But, like, they they are just bad. They are bad. Like, they have not beaten a good team. And now there's all the talk, well, we got to pay Dak $40 million. We need a new coach. We got, we got a running back. Like, I mean, they got problems. They got a lot of problems. But now starts the conversation. I mean, it's been started. Can the Eagles do it? The thing about the Eagles that you have to like take in is that the Eagles had such a bad loss that I feel like they are more motivated to bounce back than the Cowboys. And what I mean by that is basically the Eagles got a slap in the face. They got told you can't that can't you can't play like this. Unacceptable. Padded practice. Everyone's everyone knows. Everyone's looking at each other like we gotta play better. This is this can't be a, a thing. And now you get division rival, you get Eli Manning blessing. And you get the home game. You get the midnight jerseys. I mean, this is the, this is your chance to say, "Are we ready for this season?" You're not. You've beaten good teams. You have something to look up to. You can say, "We've beaten the Bills. Bills are ta- are going to be a playoff team." You've beaten the Packers. Packers going to be a playoff team. You there's like you've given people games. You've, you, the games that we've lost, we should have won. The Atlanta game, Aguilar should have caught it. You should be you should be there. The Lions game, Ortega Whiteside should have caught it. We should be there. We shouldn't have turned the ball over as much. It was sloppy. Now it's time to kick it in gear. 
We don't deserve it. We, we, we really don't. We made too many mistakes this year to actually deserve to be in the playoffs. And I don't think anyone's going to pick us for a long run. But can we do it? I like our chances, actually. I really do. I think the Cowboys have too much drama right now. I mean, you got you got Witten yelling at, at people on the sideline. You got players screaming at each other in the locker room. You got Jerry Jones taking question after question about Jason Garrett. You got this whole headline that they haven't beaten a winning team. So what happens if you even make the playoffs? What's your confidence? You haven't beaten a winning team. Here you are. You have to play all winning teams. Your 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 offense is not showing up in half of your games. That for the first six weeks they were the best offense in the league. Then Lamar Jackson literally just kept playing offense, and they all the Cowboys did was just play better teams. So my thing is, why not? I mean, really, why not? I mean, it's gonna you. I mean, the Eagles got the the Giants twice, and they got the Redskins. You gotta win, and you got the and you get the Cowboys, and nothing would mean more to your season than just whooping the Cowboys in at the link. Wouldn't mean anything more. And, and Jason Garrett made Jerry Jones flip out at his whole team. And that's it. You know, I mean, I'm all right with taking the underdog story again. I'll take it. I think that, I think that, that loss to Miami might have been what we needed. And I hate to say that because we, we could have just taken the win, but... I don't think I think that that loss kind of like I think everyone knows now. Everyone says that there's no more fucking around. So I'm shit taking the birds. All right, let's recap this because the cash out blackout. Yeah, it was a yeah. Okay. We get it. Some of these picks were good. wasn't wasn't the greatest. All right. So when I said Q, all right, my QBs I have listed. I said Rogers probably the best for the the up price. I mean Lamar was nine K, but he didn't really have the big Lamar game, so he wasn't worth it. I mean, if you took anyone in this Saints 49ers game. I don't think anyone, like, I, I, like. don't get me wrong. I expected points. But the way the 49ers defense has been, I wasn't expecting Breeze to have a 40 bomb. You know what I mean? Like, Breeze has played really well. And then Garoppolo was on fire. That was a great game. But Rodgers and Uncle Kirk, I, like I said, they that's not where I was spending. I said the best value was Watson. Watson at 30. That's good. You took Watson. That was good. Tannehill, 28. Not bad. Tannehill, going to get that contract too. I guess we can't We can't sleep on the Titans anymore. The Titans are here. Tannehill time. Shit. And the no one was a hit. Yes, it was. It was a lock. It was a Drew lock. 
He th- he lit up the Texans. He looks good. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, but he sat. He was hurt all season. I guess it gave him time to see the game. He's making good throws. Denver Denver's playing well right now. It's Flacco was not elite because it looks like they've had decent QB play in this team. They look like they're going to be a problem next year. They're going to get Bradley Chubb back. They're going to have a decent pick to add something. You might have to add an offensive lineman, maybe another maybe another weapon for Locke. But you got Noah Fant, Sutton, Lindsey, Royce Freeman. That's a young offense. Defense, they still got studs. Watch out for Denver, man. All right, running backs. There was some up and downs here. Nick Chubb almost had a monster game. He broke off that. He only had 12 carries. Broke off that massive run. Got and then Cream Hunt got the touchdown. I mean, Ch- I mean, Chubb had PO over 10, but hey, really the only running back you need to pay up for if you wanted to was Henry. But everyone else, I mean, you didn't really need, you didn't need Dalvin. Fournette didn't have a big game. It's Jacksonville. I I can't I cannot figure out Jacksonville. I don't think anyone can. I thought they were going to be better, but they're just they're blowing games at this point. I said Melvin over Eckler. I mean, I liked both. Like like I said, I have both written down. I was just you know I was like you need to take one of them. They both get t- like Melvin almost had two touchdowns. Then they gave it to the I I, I believe it was Watt. So Melvin should have had twenty plus. Sony Lap, shit, Freeman. Yeah, it. it was. I said that was another great value play. He's six thousand against Carolina. That was a really good play. And my fa- this might be my favorite no one of the year. All right, I said Jamal Williams, and I did that like you know that that pause, and then I said DJ. I looked at the pool. DJ was like 0.3% owned or something. He had 13 points. He got a touchdown. And you know what? I think that I, everyone's like, well, Kenny Drake's looked like he's run the ball better. But their offense has sucked when they've, when, like, their team in general has just been worse since Kenny Drake started playing. Like, at least in the first, like, six, seven weeks, like, Kyler got better. They were, they were playing close games. DJ was having good games. I mean, fire DJ back up. I know it's late in the year and like no one's going to trust him to play him next week or anything, but I mean, you're paying him. Why not? All right, receivers. Honestly, I need. To, I think I need a shot of like something terrible just to make up for what I... I mean, my, the picks... Devontae Adams did not have a good game. Diggs had an okay game. Devontae Parker got hurt. Keen Allen was good value, but, I mean, it wasn't crazy. Clam Crowder, he's officially on my shit list. Uh, John Ross, I mean, I don't even I, I don't remember what his stat line was. And again, Revenge Game, uh, I mean, he had a couple catches. I mean, there's nothing, nothing special there. Tight ends. Vance had the matchup, didn't do shit, he got hurt. Hunter Henry had a touchdown. Kittle had that monster play. 
Uh, on that, the tight ends. I mean, and I'm not. I'm not even gonna discuss the sprinkle pick. Sprinkle me a L on that one. Defense. Pate. I mean, Patriots didn't play bad, but that's not what I meant to say. I meant to say the Steelers were probably the one you needed. Steelers played well. Their defense is playing really well. I mean, the the offense is. It's bad, but everyone's on this Duck Hodges train. He did good running the ball as, out of the pocket, but I mean, if you're going against Arizona, you got like you expect you got to put up some points from your offense. They don't have Juju or Connor, but still, it's Arizona. Like if, if you can't put up points in there against Arizona, you're not. That defense is only going to take them so far. That was cash out, blackout. There were some picks in there. Hopefully your uh, fancy matchups are going well. Like I said, I got freaking Benny Snelled. Probably gonna probably gonna chalk up the L there, but I still got a couple teams left. All right, I got two announcements. Number one. Number one, there will not be a new episode tomorrow. I'm going to the Birds game. I'm going to see it live. Baby. Number two, the end of season one is upon us. The last episode of season one Seamers podcast will be December 23rd, Monday, week of Christmas. I mean, it's been great. It's only season one. More to come. Like I said, two more weeks. Let's keep it going. All right, guys. This is officially season one, episode 39 of the Seamers Podcast. This is your boy Greed signing off. We'll see you on Thursday.